millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week in league, surely Wayne is taking the piss signing Russell Packer. Hash, Eels in decline as the Shenius is shortlisted for their vacant coaching role. After polling 100% of 17% of votes, Cooper Cronk realises the Dallium medals aren't like fish and they stay safely in your hands. Plus, we preview all of the action for the motherfucking 2013 Grand Final, bitch. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 140 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, feedback this week, uh, really quickly actually this week, uh, at LukeShark74 sent us a tweet today, um, probably about, well, time, time now, it would have been about midday, a haiku of slackness, where is my podcast, Twill Pest, you cause me such angst, you grubs make me sad. <laughs> and he's got hashtags in decline at the end. <laughs> Fuck you, we're going to have it out before you wake up. <laughs> this is in the past. Um, Facebook. Simon says, Hachinohe. That's his name on Facebook. Clearly a made-up alias. And he's got... He's done a, he's done a, 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 um, a haiku. He's a... Leo and Kate. I'm king of the world. Titanic leg opener. <laughs> <laughs> So now we've broadened into like all sorts of fucking haikus now, clearly. So. Um, Dennis Valente. Surely leg opening haikus are, are the best kind of haikus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that haiku would in fact be successful at the said leg opening task. Dennis Valente said, uh, what a comeback. That was just awesome. Fuel and a natural high that only manly victory can cause. I went into a Twitter frenzy and they suspended me for posting multiple unrelated updates to a trending or popular topic. <laughs> All I did was send two tweets with hash LOL at Souths and they kicked me off. It's a bloody conspiracy the NRL protecting bloody rabbits. <laughs> it hasn't stopped me. I'm still on a high after that comeback. And um, that's basically, uh, there's no email, no cat watch. No one cares. There's uh, people, basically 14 teams worth of fans have just jumped the fuck off <laughs> and lost all interest in the NRL. And, and life in general, probably. Exactly. So uh, that's it for feedback. And of course, as we alluded to at the top of the show, the Dallium Dallium medal went to Cooper Cronk in what turned out to be, in the end, you know, whether it was manufactured or not, somewhat of a, a nail biter. I think before the points, well, before Cooper Cronk's polled points were announced in the, in, in the final round, we had a four way tie with um, Cronk, Cherry Evans, Thurston, and uh, Carney. Robbie was Robbie Farrow in the top 10? No, I, don't I, don't, so. I, I don't think he was. Mm. Which is unfortunate because who the fuck's stealing points off him in Tigers games? The opposition, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
unlucky there, but um, Cherry Evans put on. I mean, he has gotten better as the season's gone on, and he has had a great last, you know, two months. And so I, I thought that, um, you know. He might have been a chance coming home, and then then it looked like it was just too far away. And then the very next round, he got three points, and it was fucking game on again. Um, you know, the whole thing wasn't aided really that much. I think by Russell Crowe, fucking, you know, trying to do his Academy Award routine, fucking, you know, jokey kind of, you know, yeah. demeanor, like you know, looking at the count, you know, like oh, is the next one I say is it going to be like a fucking game changer and like you know. Yeah, no, rusty, no rusty. Don't, don't bring your Hollywood bullshit in. Exactly, this is rugby league, mate. And I saw, and like on Twitter, the temperature it should just be written on a like McDonald's napkin, <laughs> on a fucking, on a fucking like uh, what do you call it, like a back of a, a, beer se- a separated, a separated carton. You know, like, so, it's, oh, yes. so, it's, so it's in like a cross shape, you know, with all yeah. the all the all the all the seals broken and all folded out. I was going to say a bit, well, a beer coaster, but a separate a carton that's just been. You could fit every fucking vote from every every round oh. in there, and you just hand it to the next guy, and he just. Why, you know, Nathan? You're a thinking man. There you go. There you go. They're taking the temperature on Twitter, everyone's like, "Oh, this is fucking boring. This is so shit." You know, uh, the Brownlow shits on this. You know, stuff like that. Um, now look in the paper, in the in the news services, and they're like, "Oh, fucking David Smith's fucking got his tail, you know, tail in the air. It was such a fucking amazing night." What the yeah, fuck? Really? Are you, what were you watching, guys? <laughs> And I, like, I was recording a podcast, actually, while it was on. So I only got to see probably the last eight rounds, maybe, of polling. Maybe, maybe six when it was starting. And I was fucking bored with that much. So anyone <laughs> that sat through the whole thing is oh, doing yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we will go through the uh, Dally M Team of the Year. Well, actually, sorry, one thing, last thing. Kronk probably deserved, deserved to win uh, overall. I, I think two points, him polling two points in the last round. Which is the game against the Titans, where the Storm were going to lose, and then you know the Titans, uh, you know, evened it up, and then they went golden point, and you know, Cronk missed like five field goals, yeah. and he eventually got the one from about halfway. That he missed like five from in front, and then he missed got one from halfway. That, that's obviously the person casting the vote there uh, remembers the one that he made. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd give him one point, but I don't think it was a great game for him overall. I mean, he was, you know, th- I'm, I can live with him, and he still would have given him a one point win over the, over everybody else. But it makes me think if there's that one that's glaringly <laughs> retarded, yeah. you know. I think Cherry Evans got two points in the game against uh, Panthers that Manly lost in the last round. So and I reckon if you cast your eye, watched every match where points three, two, one, you know, were accumulated in the top ten as it merged, I reckon you'd be like, "Oh fuck, that's bullshit." You didn't do, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, crazy. But we'll go through a team of the year. Fullback Greg Inglis. It's probably hard to argue with that. I mean, he yeah. did spend a lot of time on the injury, injury and in, out of origin though. But I mean, you certainly a. A visible fullback. The first two thirds of the season, I think. Yeah, he was. Um, he was a standout. Winger, Roger Tuivasa Shek. Well, I can think of two wingers that are better than him instantly off the top of my head. <laughs> Let me guess. Oh, you're going to be wrong. You're going to be half right. Corey Betty. No. Uh, Nofaluma. No. No. Oh. No. No. <laughs> no. Tafua. David Simmons. Well, David Simmons, yeah, he, you would think... Arguably, add McManus to that list. All but better than RTS. Take nothing away from the young bloke season, but uh, David Simmons, his, uh, his finishing this season mm-hmm. and, and some of the tries that he scored, um, he, he just seemed to come out of nowhere this season. He's always, you know, he's been a consistent sort of player, but he really took his game to another level. Fueled by Jesus. Yes. I don't know what else to say to that. 
just not just saying. <laughs> Fueled by Jesus, as I said. The Jesus juice. He does get the Jesus in him. But you know, we never thought about finishing. I will fucking get to it though. We saw some finishing on the weekend, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Jamie Lyon, centre of the year, and you know, rightfully so, he probably won it in a photo finish from Steve Mathai. He's the best centre in the game. Probably the best centre of all time. Unless think about Greg Inglis plays in the centres, then he's the best centre in the game. And Jamie Lyon runs a distant second. Yeah, that plane don't fly in the rain, my friend. The 5'8", Todd Carney and Jonathan Thurston in a tie. Thurston only came good after the origin, if you'll think back. Well, everyone was bagging the Cowboys because they were going so shit. They were fucking terrible until after... And it wasn't like immediately after origin. It was yeah. like a month after origin. To be fair, Carney was probably more noticeable. It was probably the reverse of a Carney. He was probably yeah. noticed a lot more in the early stages of the season. Because he was injured for the entire fucking second half of the season, pretty much. So who's a fit 5'8"? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be averse to, you know, someone like Maloney maybe taking that. Had a good year. Four and had a fucking origin. great year too. He really did. You know, those two got, and what do you know, they're in the grand final. So, I mean, you know, better years than these two. Oh, definitely not Sutton though, but I, I, I could have fucking seen how Sutton could have got it though. Mm. You know, with the with the masturbation and the fucking butt licking and the rest of it. <laughs> Halfback Cooper Cronk, well, you know, he won the whole thing, why not? Uh, Cameron Smith, hooker. I thought this year was a pretty down year. Club level, I thought this was a pretty down year for Cameron Smith overall. You think? Yeah. I just think he's got to a level where people don't notice him as much anymore. He's uh, a fucking maybe. great player. I mean, I don't have a I don't have another hooker to offer up as a as a, a better a better hooker are you, over the are year. You fucking serious? Okay, yeah, sorry, Matt Ballin. You're right. I fucking can't stand this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop making stop casting illusions and just fucking say that shit. I know you want to say Robbie Farah. Of course, I want to say Robbie. Mick Ennis, maybe. Oh, fuck. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Mick Ennis won't even be in first grade next season. <laughs> All right, lock Corey Parker. I, I agree with this so much that Corey Parker finally gets some recognition outside of Supercoach. Because <laughs> that guy has single-handedly carried that fucking Broncos side. Did you see the... the uh, I'd have to call bullshit at this stage. Um, Corey Parker to the Panthers rumours? Yeah, it's bullshit though. Gus actually came out on Twitter that day, like immediately, because people were asking him straight up about it. And he said, we've never even... Let, we haven't spoken to him and we've never even thought about speaking to him either for that matter so Corey, and mean, Gus is usually pretty straight up about that shit like if it's, I would have yeah. said the same about Petro Sivasiva but um, yeah, Corey Petro was, leaving the Broncos but Petro you know he got shunned he did he had to sign Banished a contract it. after he was banished so yeah so but Corey I mean he, he deserves to be a one a one team player absolutely I mean, he fucking carried that team last year let me say oh, sorry this season second rower he's last another, season he did much the same yeah this, this, is, this is one of the big bullshit decisions second rower Boyd Cordner had an, had a pretty good first half of the season, but no one really, you know, was overjoyed with him until he became a bolter for Origin, and then it became all about Boyd um, Cordner and he's fucking made for Origin. He's going to be a future captain of the side. Blah blah blah. Media spin over hype goes into business. Then he's fucking injured for the rest of the season, pretty much. If the people obviously watching Roosters games, if Boyd, Boyd Cordner wins the award, yeah, the fuck does Sonny Bill not win that? He's not even the best second rower in his team. Let alone yeah. the comp. That's what that's, exactly. that's what that's what this award says. Yeah, exactly. and I don't agree with Sonny Bill winning it either. But I'd be a I'm lot. I'm saying more... if you if you think Cordner won it, you're obviously taking notice of the Roosters. 
And yet, Sonny Bill Sonny, yeah. was more influential in more games than Boyd Gordner. Yeah, and I'm not saying Sonny Bill was the standout second rower of the competition. When, but I mean, he, he certainly stood out more than Boyd Cordner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mystifying decision. Mystifying. You know, it's it's people like Liam Fulton that I feel sorry for. I mean, that bloke just toils away, you know, and it just goes so unnoticed when he he really should be the standout second rower of, of the NRL. You notice. He's recognised as such. You You notice. The problem is he played fucking five eighth and shit all the time. So yeah, <laughs> so played a bit of hooker, could, played a bit of hooker as well. Yeah. <laughs> so how can he more hit ups and tackles than our props? He was probably playing prop as well. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe if they had a, a forward pack of the year award, maybe he'd get that. <laughs> who um who would you have given second row of the year to? I don't know, but not Boyd Cordner. And like you know, I'd be cool if Sonny Bill got it, but I'd still probably think in the back of my head that you know he probably he probably wasn't the guy either. Mm. But I'm trying to think who you know who was you know who was the guy then. And I'm, I'm I mean, given no notice and not thinking about it, I'm, yeah. I'm drawing a blank. You know, Justin Horro probably. What? Mate? It's they're good. It's gonna get fucking unbearable. They're, Next. Both, they're both better than Boyd Cordner. Next. All right. Front row. Andrew Fafita. Got no problem with that. You probably do. No, I don't. And I I think he, he had an absolute fucking bust out year on so many levels. Yep. Um and he, and it's well deserved. It's disappointing that um the Tigers saw fit to let him go. And Very. I guess it's a chicken and egg thing, you know. He showed glimpses of that sort of form, but there was by no means that sort of consistency at the Tigers. Yep. So did the, you know... Did Cronulla leave, make him a player? Leaving or? the Tigers, yep. it was that the kick in the ass? Yep. You know? Yep, yep. That he needed, or or was he always going to be that player, I guess? When... Yeah, I guess you add two years of development to him. Sure. At the Tigers, and is he the same guy? Probably yeah. not. He's probably fucking not. If, not if he's idolising Adam Blair. If that's his fucking mentor, <laughs> his seasoned veteran that he that he learns his craft from. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I imagine Paul Gallen would be significantly better example and mentor than. <laughs> and you know, not to mention he's got the fucking good gear too. All right, allegedly. Um, the captain. This is another fucking bullshit decision. Cameron Smith. You got your team that has the spine, the envy of the competition. Now, all Dally M winners. Can't get them to the grand final. Or, you've got the team, and defending premiers as well, so they've actually declined. <laughs> or, you have a team, too old they say, past the prime. I suspect, I, 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 injuries I'm going to off. I'm gonna have to cut you off. I'm going to say, let me finish, Inj- injuries galore, <sighs> through crucial times of the season, and yet one captain... Jamie Lyon, he fucking pulls the team up and delivers them. Can we just stop the show now? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Honestly, Jamie Lyon's ahead of Cameron Smith, surely. I I want to say I want to say that I've had enough now, but I've actually it's it's fifteen minutes in. I I'd had enough fourteen minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean you've got to say. I mean, motherfucker! If anyone's going to be captain of the year, it's Robbie Farah. Why? Captain his team to second last. That's not an achievement. Exactly. That's actually it him. Get... He would have fucking been last, relegated, folded, and shipped to Perth. He Robbie should have been. Farrah, he saved the club. His year as captain, he should have. Been, he should be arsehole as captain. Maybe give it to Braith and Astor. That's his year. <laughs> I suspect Cam Smith. Uh, his award for captain, they've, they've taken into consideration 
The fact that he captained his state, which Jamie Lyon refuses to play for, uh, captained his state to an, a record eighth consecutive series victory and also uh, captained his country successfully as well. So why wouldn't he be captain of the year? Because he's, uh, he's, his team is actually declined under his captaincy and he's pretty he's ordinary club side. Yeah. And, and he's stateside, really, if you think about it, because it keeps getting closer. So there's <laughs> decline there, too. Please move on to the next topic. Rookie, Nathan. George Burgess. Fair enough, I reckon. You reckon? You could, there's others there's others for sure, but George Burgess is... I can see that, yes, he's a very visible one, you know, because on Cause account of his massive, massive penis. penis. Uh, you know, I can see... I have to say... And the media and the rest of it, I can see that he'd be the guy that's going to kind of lift it up and... Don't often give you credit. Yeah. Because you don't normally do anything worthy of getting credit for it. Um, you tweet, someone dropped the ball, pretty sure George Burgess's cock got in the way. <laughs> laughed out loud for minutes on end. The, the thing is that that tweet was so technically wrong because it was actually George Burgess who, who dropped it and yeah. the guy, though he half it fumbled it, his, his cock couldn't possibly have been there. Or could it? It's pretty big, but I don't think it's like six metres long. <laughs> yeah, and, I thought, and I thought that afterwards and I thought, you know what? Who George cares? Burgess, cock, there was a knock on, writes itself. It's going to go through. People, people aren't going to say anything about it and they didn't, which is good. Uh, coach... Trent Robinson, Roosters. He had a, he had a good roster to work with, but he's done he's saying, done yeah. a pretty good job with him. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm biased. Like he's no Mick Potter. Don't get me wrong. Well, no, because once again, Mick Potter almost assholed your team out of the competition. <laughs> la Robbie Farah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I think I think Tuvi, you know, he should, he deserves a bit of credit. I think um, you know I hate to give it to Wayne, but I mean, you know, he dragged those Gronks up too this year. And that's a fucking... Has Wayne ever won Coach of the Year? That's a legit ageing roster too. Oh, I don't know. Surely. He <laughs> yeah. must have. Fuck me, Ted. You want to talk about an ageing roster? <laughs> fucking Danny Badera's died on the field of old age. <laughs> so, you know. Not to mention Rigor Mortis said in eight yeah. months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't have some other awards on here, but, you know, I know there was like a, a Twitter voted one I saw where people were putting votes in for the try of the year, and I think the Nofaluma one oh, against course. Manly, the one where he dropped it, I think that one got awarded try of the year. Fucker. <sighs> oh, I want to insert these AA batteries up your ass. <laughs> I'll just go don't long, know why. I'll just go longer and longer. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what relevance that has. Yeah, um... Just saw batteries and thought of your ass. So that was the Daily M's, and um, and you know, once again, the the ceremony. Has... Why do you have so many batteries here? What are you running? Have you got some sort of vibrator factory? Wireless keyboard, trackpad, mm. mouse, vibrators, vibrators. <laughs> but you think, because I don't know this for sure. But you think vibrators wouldn't they take like D's or like big batteries? I I don't know. I'm just 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 spitballing here. Vibrator, you using? Well, none. This is why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, you say that. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you unlikely use, story. Okay, so yours requires mine double. takes double A batteries. That's all. It's I'm like your little fucking prostate massage. <laughs> <laughs> the Hopawati two thousand. Ah, how get here? <sighs> <sighs> Cherry Evans. So, Broncos fans have been delighting in these potential stories of, you know, Cherry Evans as he, you know... These fanciful stories. So fanciful. They've been absolutely jizzing all over themselves in anticipation of a fucking Barber Cherry Evans Milford 
uh, you know, combination uh, for 2014 moving forward. <laughs> They've ended up with Barber, who's going to go to jail. Exactly. And uh, Milford, he still could. He's, yeah, I think Ricky's doing a good job trying to keep him in Canberra, but I still, you know, I still would probably favour him coming to the Broncos. Um, because as we've established before, he's fucking his Xbox is in Brisbane. And he loves playing Halo. If <laughs> if Anthony Milford does sign a big deal with the Broncos, yeah, he's going to move his family out of Anala. Surely yeah. that's got to be the end goal here. You'd think so. Just fucking trot on out to Springfield, bro. Forest Lake. Okay, Anala Heights. Be able to pack his shit into a shopping trolley and move to <laughs> Forest Lake from Anala. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, and obviously you know we, you know we found you know there was it was bullshit. But um, anyway, it's officially in the papers now. Daly Cherry Evans has, uh, has finally come out to quash the rumours, and he said he wants to be at the Sea Eagles for the next seven to ten years. And uh, he said there's no truth to reports he was seeking a move to Brisbane or that there was a rift with the Stewart brothers. Um. And not only did he say he wants to say seven, ten years, he's also hopeful that Kieran Foran will be there long-term as well. We've made it pretty clear that we enjoy playing our footy together. I think we've also made it pretty clear we'd love to be one-club players together for the next seven to ten years. We're both smart enough to understand in this day and age with salary cap restrictions it would be awfully hard to do that. It's something that we would, if everything falls into place, love to happen. I'd love to stay here for my whole career, and I hope Daly's thinking the same. I'd, I'd love Daly to stay and us be together for the next ten years, added Foran. So what about the rumours, the rift with uh, Glenn and Brett versus uh, Cherry Evans? I've made it pretty clear to my family and close friends that you don't have to believe everything you read. There's usually never any merit about articles that have been written about me going to Brisbane. There's no direct quotes from me saying I'm going to Brisbane. And they said he's never felt the urge to confront the Stewart brothers over the reports pointing to the grand final berth as proof of a unified group. And you can't argue with any of that. Yeah, look, Ben Barber said that he, he got on well with his teammates too, didn't he? he yeah, it was a more... try and it was fucking tumbleweed and crickets. Hanging around Ben. Got shot in the ankle or whatever, and it's just like, everyone's like fucking, dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole, bro. <laughs> Bury him in a six-hour woofer, bro. Um. <laughs> Good news for Manly fans. I mean, that is that is a formidable halves combination, and um, for them to develop over that length of time within that squad. Can you imagine I mean, another seven years? Which team has had a halves combination intact for that length of time? It's None, and that's to, why I don't think it will happen. I don't think seven. I think seven years is a bit fucking optimistic. But there's no reason why. I mean, there's no reason why it couldn't. But there'd be obviously uh, there'd have to be cuts made elsewhere. And I would hope that they wouldn't do like cowboy level cuts where it's <laughs> Daly and Kieran <laughs> guiding around the fucking. <laughs> Paramount Reserve grade side. Yeah, a bunch of cardboard cutouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it, there's a number of factors, or well, so many factors that could that could alter that. I mean, a young gun, yep. you know, the next big thing comes through, yep. you know, a centre or a fullback or something after Brett Stewart. Something they need to keep, yeah. You know? Um, it's tough. I hope the salary cap keeps rising <laughs> to yeah, accommodate this yeah, goal. Exactly. Um, but... You know, as Watmo said, you know, they're, they're not adverse to taking pay cuts to stay together, these blokes. So, yep. um, you know, good luck to them. But they're formidable here and now, and they're about to play in a grand final together, um, their second one together. Mm-hmm. And After, um, like, three years of first grade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, fuck, you wouldn't, you wouldn't back against them to play a few more. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's still in Manly. Uh, the, they could be forced from Brookvale Oval after Warringah Council doubled its fee for use of the venue. The council wants $710,000 a season, up from 350000 a year. The fee incre- increase comes as the club is poised to add heavyweight backing by announcing Tony Abbott as the number one ticket holder. The Prime Minister <laughs> is expected... <laughs> nice tactics. expected to be formally announced as the club's number one ticket holder before the grand final against the Roosters. It's the same station held by former Prime Minister John Howard at St. George Illawarra Dragons. Manly has previously auctioned off the honour for about 30 grand, but that figure could pale into insignificance if Abbott signs off on more funding for the dilapidated arena. The coalition made a pre-election pledge of $10 million to the Oval. Um, the New South Wales government's stadia strategy has put pressure on suburban grounds, and the Brookvale fee increase will add to that. Warringah Council has supported a move to place Brookvale Oval into a state-run trust, but council officials claim a fee increase is unavoidable because of maintenance costs and say so they have not raised a fee in five years. Uh, sea Eagles officials claim they will not be able to afford the increase and they could never... And they could be forced away from the spiritual home. We'll have to look at other options. And insider said, Brookvale is our home and where we want to stay, but we're going to be left with little choice. So uh, David Perry is attempting to meet with Mayor Michael Reagan on Thursday, which is, I guess, today as we're talking. And uh, Jamie Lyon popped in and said that, um, yeah, we uh, about the funding, we desperately need it here. The fans have been crying out for it for a long time. I wasn't Jamie Lyon take a fucking pay cut and pay the increase. I don't expect he's being paid overs. Humble man like him, I, th- I assume he's been paid a fair, a fair, humble man. A, f- a fair, um, a fair pay for a, for amazing output of work. That could have a serious effect on the club if they're forced to play away from Brookvale. Yeah, that I, is that is a fucking. I'm going to go eight to ten point advantage. Yep. For them. Yep. And especially more so if they get on a roll there. Yeah. Like, if they're doing it tough and then all of a sudden a couple of things go their way, they put a try and they put another try and they generally go on with the job yep. um, off the back of the crowd and, and the atmosphere that they provide there, it's a formidable place to play. Um, and I think if they were forced away from there, that, you know, there's there's wins that come their way simply because they're at Brookvale. It's a bit like the Tigers at Leichhardt. Um, they seem to... Um, find a way to win there more often than not and I think uh, the times where the Tigers were playing their games out of ANZ or even at Homebush um, they, it just doesn't have the same effect yeah no I agree I mean like playing at Homebush would be ridiculous I mean probably be SFS or, is Des yeah. Hasler the mayor of Manly Warringah at this stage Seems like the the thing is, it's just brinksmanship from both of them. I mean, like the council have always been antagonistic fucksticks uh, as far as the ground and the club and everything like that, and upgrades and stuff like that. What brings more money and more people to that area than the football club? To Brookvale, like which is you know, you know what, like you know, six k's or whatever from actual Manly where the tourist side. Yeah, that would be its own uh, revenue stream, and they pay a fuckload of tax. Yep. To, to the local and, and state governments. Yep. Um, yes, you've got the, the general tourist, you know, touristy things and, and things that make it desirable to, to live there, such as the, the, the beaches, etc. Mm-hmm. But you would think that the general community benefits greatly from a football crowd and the local businesses, yep. etc. Yep. Restaurants, yep. after games. The Maccas across the road. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's, it's just bringing like manly, and what what you'll hear out of it, the club will be like, "Oh fuck, well we're gonna have to move then," and the council will be like, "Oh blah blah, fucking you know, it's got so much blah blah," and then eventually you know something will work out because you know I don't think anything will happen. Um, well, I think the only thing that's gonna that should force manly from Brookvale is the NRL. 
don't think gov- the fucking local government would be nuts. Yeah, exactly. Parramatta have uh, inexplicably nuts. and incredibly combined two wooden spoons to create the most expensive Eels jersey ever. In a major coup for the battling Sydney club, the Eels have signed major sponsors Dildam. I presume that's a dildo manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, Is that where you bought your AA batteries from? The, the manufacturer of your... Of your, of your, your, your Hopper Whitey 2000. Your, your, your Hopper Prostate, too, yeah. Uh, and Unibet, to a deal worth over a million a season, the most lucrative in the club's history. Uh, Eels CEO, Scott Seward, Seward, Sewer, insisted the new partnership, which replaces longtime sponsor Pertec, will also aid the club in its bid to find a replacement for coach Ricky Stewart. Given this is the biggest sponsorship in the club's history, it's a great show of faith in where we're going. It's a sign of faith in the club, in the players, administration and board. People in our front office are working their backsides off to deliver long-term success, and this deal proves that. Asked about their search for a coach, which is believed to be led by former caretakers Jason Taylor and Brad Arthur, Stewart said... We're definitely at the pointy end of discussions now, but it's not something we can rush. We know training starts on November 7, and we need to make sure when that time rolls around, we have the right person in place. We're not looking for a quick fix. We want someone who will bring long-term success to Parramatta. Dildam will be front of jersey and sleeve sponsor for the next three seasons, while online gambling agency Unibet has secured the back for two years. What does Dildam do? No idea. And, you know, we could look it up, honestly, but I bet the truth... Is not is not nearly as, as entertaining as uh, as them manufacturing dildos, and yeah, the, the dildo business must be good. I suspect it is. Twenty five thousand South fans fucking themselves as we speak. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Are <laughs> well, they builders? Oh, is that it? Well, that's not very fucking exciting. Of dildos. Oh, hey, <laughs> woohoo! So free dildos for everybody. Excellent. Property developer, residential. Fair enough, there's money in that. Okay, that explains where it came from. Next, At least if they are a dildo manufacturer, you wouldn't have to have one of those stupid fucking mask nights for Jared Hayne. Just hmm. hold up your dildo. Same, same. Yeah. yeah, and they're like wooden spoons. I mean, you know. <laughs> Give them something that's useful. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Newcastle have bolstered their forward pack for next season with the signing of Warriors prop Russell Packer on a four-year deal. 23-year-old was released from the final year of his contract at Warriors, with whom he made his NRL debut in 2008. He's played 110 games for the Auckland-based club and two tests for the Kiwis. I thoroughly enjoyed my time at the Warriors since joining the club in 2007, but to have the opportunity to play at the Knights and to be coached by Wayne Bennett is special, said Packer, who will relocate to Newcastle with his young family ahead of pre-season training in November. I look forward to joining the Knights in the pre-season and assisting the Knights' premiership ambitions. Newcastle Chief Executive Matt Gidley said Packer will add plenty of power to an already solid Knights pack. Russell is a young Kiwi international and will complement our current front row stocks. His addition to our squad will also bring further confidence to the team. Confidence that the ground will be wet. <laughs> wet weather football for the Knights. I've got the wet weather specialists. Yeah. Did they, they shower him with gifts? Well, I mean, they got BJ Leilua in there as well. He'll spit. Oh. Willie, hasn't Willie Mason, didn't he get done for public urination? Like, he yeah. really did. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all about yeah, they're all about water sports. <laughs> they what? <laughs> so it's very unhygienic the nights. Yeah, coaching news: the Gold Coast Titans have uh, bolstered the club's coaching ranks for 2014 with official confirmation that Neil Henry, former coach of the Cowboys, of course, will join the club as an assistant coach next season. 
He's agreed to join the club for season 2014 in a new appointment, working alongside the existing staff in John Cartwright and assistant coaches Steve Murphy and Trevor Gilmister. The terms of the contract ensures Henry is fully committed to the Titans for season 2014. Previously, he was an assistant at the Cowboys from 2002 to 2006 before undertaking head coaching roles at both the Raiders and the Cowboys. Previously worked as an assistant coach with the Queensland State of Origin team from uh, 2006 to 2009 during their rise to prominence under Mal Meninga. Cartwright said it was a boost for the Titans to have Henry on board. Neil has plenty of experience coaching in the NRL, so we have to have someone of his caliber joining the club will add enormously to our coaching group. I'm sure the players are going to be the ones that benefit as an extra member of the coaching staff will ensure they receive more one-on-one time with the coaches. We have a great coaching group here already, and I'm sure Neil's skill set will bring a new element to the table. Henry said he was excited about joining the Titans and also the change in roles. I'm grateful for the opportunity to work with the Titans, and I'm really looking forward to it. Titans are a relatively new club with a strong and exciting playing roster moving forward, so I'm looking forward to contributing in a coaching capacity. The club has made a commitment to strengthening their coaching staff, and that gives me the opportunity to work a bit more hands-on with the players than you do as a head coach, so I'm excited about that. I think reading between the lines, Cartwright's Cartwright's, the uh, Titans are going to have to blast out of the blocks next season, or uh, Cardi might be tatars. Yep, I agree. Um, I guess, you know, you got to eat, so you you take that job. I mean, I I thought that Neil Henry would have been a special if he had really thrown himself uh, into the, the Parramatta role. But it's a bit of a poison fucking chalice too. Like what? You know, (laughs) you really want to be the first guy in there. Maybe let them get on their feet a little bit more before you fucking jump in. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, best of luck to him. You know, congratulations on on a new job. I mean, assistant coach at the Titans, though. Obviously, the money was probably right. Um, Is he still assistant coach of the Maroons? Two thousand and nine was the last one, according to this. Oh, okay. Yeah, so quite a while ago now. Um, he's a good coach. Yep. By, by all reports, I mean, some of his results um, at the Cowboys over the years, and certainly consistency-wise, he's, he's left a little bit to be desired, but um, he's taken him into the to the eight um, a number of occasions, and, and maybe that's the thing that gets the Titans over the hump. I'd, my biggest, uh, the biggest thing I'm taking out of this is, is that Cardi, as I said, um, there was a few rumblings this season when they weren't travelling too well. Yep. So if it starts pretty ordinary next year, Neil Henry might not find him assistant himself as assistant coach much longer. Yeah, and I had the, I had a, I don't have as a, as a news article, but I saw something today that um that Steve Price has got until the middle of the season. Yeah, if she hasn't turned around. He's gone. Which she, means six rounds. Yeah. And did you see they announced the the a new assistant coach for Dragons in uh, Paul McGregor? Yeah. Big fucking whoop. That's exciting. The Dragons fans were very excited about that. They were very, very excited. Is that right? Yeah. He's been running water for a year, hasn't he? Yeah, well, when I, when I say they were very excited, they were like, you mean you fucking do a press release about that announcement? Oh, right, yeah. okay. Like, fuck this club. I'm going to cancel my membership to this club and just you know, continue with my manly membership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right, bitch. Cast You're on sh- fire. Casting shade on, on all the bitches. Um, English squad. I bring this up because uh, it's cause Mrs. Burgess, the, the queen of the Burgeye hive, arced up a bit because uh, brothers Sam, George and Tom were included in the 24-man English World Cup squad, but there was no place for Luke. 
Missed out on selection by English. <laughs> you don't just get selected because other members of your family do. <laughs> George and Tom were the only uncapped players named in the squad that will be captained by Leeds Kevin Sinfield. While both Sam and George were widely tipped to make it into the squad, the inclusion of Tom, who, like his brothers, made a name with English Super League side Bradford in their native Yorkshire, was a surprise. Tom Burgess has effectively, and this is, this is um, terrible, Tom Burgess has effectively replaced Huddersfield prop Earl Crabtree. The most notable admission in the squad. He's not in there. Duchess Lobster, Lobster Cactus. Omitted. Fuck, he's had a dip. He's had a dip in form. Mm-hmm. Gareth, Gareth and, and Huddersfield, Huddersfield finished on top. So I don't even know if he really did. That's fucking to be disgrace honest. Yeah. what that is. Gareth Widdop and is the other NRL player picked for England after making a comeback from a horrific hip injury during the finals to become a passenger in the finals, let <laughs> it be said. Come on. Jack Reed and uh, former West Tigers... Star Gareth Ellis are unavailable due to injury, and I heard that Gareth retired. Serious? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure people were tweeting us about it. Fuck. He would have won. Knowing another, your love, he would have won another. Um, play. What was the word? Man of Steel. Is that what you're looking for? No. What's the like player of the year? Club player, clubman of the year, or whatever the fuck you call it for the Tigers? If he stayed. Yeah, he won it every year he was there. Yeah, but he didn't stay, so you know. Wasn't a very good clubman in the end, was he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> went to another club, didn't he? <laughs> uh, England, the squad. I'll go through the, the squad. Um, you know, obviously, most of these guys are meaningless gronks who couldn't play first grade in the NRL side, but Carl Ablett from Leeds, Tom Briscoe, Hull. Any relation to Gary? George Burgess, Sam Burgess, Tom Burgess, all from the Rabbitohs. Rob Burrow from Leeds, Josh Charlie from Wigan, uh, Rangy Chase from Castleford, Leroy Kujo <laughs> from Huddersfield. Rangy Chase, the Kiwi. Yeah. Liam Farrell, Wigan, James Graham, Doggies, uh, Ryan Hall, Leeds, Zach Hardacre, Leeds, Chris Hill, Warrington, Gareth Hock, Widness, Michael McAlorum, Wigan, Lee Mossop, Wigan, Sean O'Loughlin, Wigan, James Roby, St. Helens, Kevin Sinfield, Leeds, and he's the captain, of course. Sam Tompkins, Wigan, slash Warriors. Well, Warriors, Warriors, there you go. Callum Watkins, Leeds, Ben Westwood, Warrington, and Gareth Widdop, Melbourne, Storm, slash Dragons. Yes. That um, side's going to get fucking pumped. They're going to be like they get within 40 of Australia or New Zealand for that. Yeah. Top three is as good as they can hope, and, you know, that's if uh, PNG has a bad day. I reckon Fiji's a fucking dark horse yeah. to knock England off. Couple you seen of those the Fiji side. I've, I can't recall the Fiji side, but I've seen a couple of the other island sides, and they're good. I'm I'm back in Fiji to uh, to finish higher than England. Uh, yeah, England. So third. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to fucking beat New Zealand or Australia, but wow, over like, England, because like, England, England, it's always you know there's always the top three, and it's always you know they shuffle the positions. Australia is one of them. And then, you know, we'll either face, you know, New Zealand or England by the end of it. Yeah. Fiji. <sighs> Big call. Better than England. Big call. All right. So, let's look... Not just as a country, as a rugby league nation. Yep. So, this is a uh, story just for your benefit, Glenn. Tim Sheens has soared into contention for a coaching role at the beleaguered Parramatta Eels. He's on a short list of interviewees. Uh, after North Queensland on Tuesday, and we actually didn't mention this, uh, they, they hired assistant uh, to Roosters Paul Green to lead the club for the next two seasons. The Wooden Spoon is now the only club with their entire 2014 coaching structure still to be finalised. As well as looking for a man to replace Ricky Stewart, Parramatta are also speaking to candidates for a football director role that's similar in scope to Phil Gould's position at Penrith. Sitting on Twitter all day. 
The Daily Telegraph has learned <laughs> Sheen's family in line with Phil the senior spot and was scheduled to be interviewed this week until an illness he suffered from the PM's 13 trip to Papua New Guinea struck. Sacked by the West Tigers last year, 63-year-old Sheens has repeatedly declared his wish to resume coaching another NRL club. Well-placed sources at Parramatta believe his seniority might be better suited to the football director position, a role that's also featured talk about former Eels coach Brian Smith returning to the club. Sheens, he was offered that role at the Tigers and knocked it back. Yeah, but he was, you know, he, he, he was pissed off and he was butthurt. Tigers hurt his feelings. They're playing with his emotions and his money. They're still playing with his money, I believe. They're still playing with his money. <laughs> so they're still playing with his emotions. Um, oh, fuck, we just said it about Henry. Would you Would you really want to put yourself in that spot? Yeah, Eels even, you know, even more poison chalice. So people, I mean, okay, so Eels guys, like, you know, fairly recently retired uh, guys like Nathan Kalis, uh, Marsh, and Luke Burt, they've thrown their weight behind Taylor, Jason Taylor, who's uh, currently working under uh, Trent Robinson at the Roosters. But um, current- he did pretty well in his, his stint there at um, at Parramatta there when, when was it Brian Smith that was punted or yeah. Hagen? Yeah. He- Might have been Hagen. Yeah, um, I think it was Hagen. He then moved to South and was reasonably successful. Until he got um, thrown by the, down the stairs by, was it David Falonga? Yeah, the stairs. David Falonga. <laughs> um, went kung fu fighting on Jason Taylor's trifling ass. And uh, that was the end of his coaching career. And uh, he's had some success in the lower grades as well, Taylor, yep. since then. Yep. And now he's assistant coach of the Roosters. And Yeah, I, I, I've got to tell you, I don't give a fuck who coaches para, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, It'd be funny. It'd be entertaining to see Sheensy coach again. Yep. Look forward to uh, Chris Sandow trotting out on the wing and Fooey Fooey Moimi being named in the halves. Um, Jared Hayne probably playing a bit of prop. Yep. Tim Manor in at fullback. Uh, Tim Manor is a utility back. Yep. Um, probably. Like, in a, like the mould of like a John Plath, is that what or, you're saying? Or a Daniel Fitzhenry. <laughs> um... You know, these are the sorts of things that uh, that Sheensy can come up with. The positional <laughs> change that only Tim Sheens and other retarded people can understand. <laughs> the other candidate is uh, Brad Arthur, who um, took over for the final six games of 2012 after uh, old Steve got sacked. Um, recent, uh, sorry, where are you? Uh, current Eels players fronted board members a fortnight ago to petition for Arthur to uh, get the role. So the current squad wants Arthur... Ex players recently retired. Players, players two years, two seasons ago. They want retired. Jason Taylor. Uh huh. What? What a surprise! Both of them are comfortable. Factions at the Parramatta club can't agree. What yeah. a fucking surprise! Now apparently both of them, the contenders, would be comfortable working under Smith if he went and you know got like a director's job. Um, and they still have to hire assistants and everything as well. And the Eels chairman Steve Sharp has told told sources his preference is Daniel Anderson. Oh dear. However, gosh. Anderson has turned down the overtures and will remain at League Central. So uh, Anderson didn't he got punted from there as well? Talking about fucking grand final, and yeah. then they punted him. There's a lot now of they t- want him back. There's a lot of talk around Arthur because um, I, I saw a, a report on a Manly site that um, that the players were seen like you know shaking his hand and congratulating him and, and stuff like that at training the other day, and um, there was a lot of talk that he actually got the job at the Cowboys, but then at the you know it turned out to be Green, so you know even the papers were reporting that Arthur was going to be the guy to get the job. So you'd think that you know perhaps. You know, it's, well, it says on Monday night, Arthur and George Arles were informed they'd narrowly missed out. So, um, well, there you go. Green also thought he'd missed out, telling Roosters officials over the weekend that um, that he believed that the Cowboys had poached Wayne Bennett. 
from Newcastle. So um, I wonder how much. Oh, well, there you go. They said, after after Wayne Bennett came out and said that um he was going to stay in Newcastle, they they announced Green later that day. So that's fuel speculation. They'd made a secret approach to Bennett that he that had been knocked back because he uh, still has unfinished business in Newcastle. Wouldn't surprise me. I'd love to know how far talks went with Bennett to try and poach him out of Newcastle ahead of time. He um had a similar situation when he was at the Broncos, if you remember, with the with the Roosters, yeah. And uh, and that was all knocked on the head fairly fairly quickly once wind got uh, sorry once the media got wind of it. But that was kind of a different scenario too. That was like he was dead set. He was legit going to sign with East, and then they sort of prematurely released it, sort of thing. And then um, then he sort of real spitefully went, well, you know, fuck you. It's supposed to be confidential. Yeah, deals off. So I mean, he's he's got he's got form. Let's yeah. say that. Yeah. But he'll be at Newcastle next year, and uh, Paul Green will be coaching the Cowboys and. Who the fuck knows? We'll be coaching Para. Yep. Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say it'll come from Jason Taylor or Arthur, I reckon. Mm. But given both of them are, are involved as assistant coaches, and I think, you know, it's weird that the Cowboys did their announcement as well at this time. Maybe you'd leave that shit until after, the you know, the grand final, all these coaches that are contenders for these two teams. Mm. Wait till they fucking finish their job for the year. You know True. What I mean? Like, uh, you know... I'd, I don't think, you know, uh, an assistant coach being elevated to a head coach role, I think that's more of a, it's, it's more happy news, you know, good for their career. I think players would probably understand that. But still, you wonder if it, you know, you know, why you got to be disruptive? Oh, like the Cowboys give a fuck. Yeah, well, exactly. Really? I mean, they're trying to avoid the, you know, they, they're trying to, to kill that New South Wales conspiracy for an East South Grand <laughs> Final. Caps for last week, the uh, I think it was the third week of the finals, and in the first game on Friday night football, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 30 defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs 20 out there at ANZ, crowd of just under 45,000 people, and what a game it was. It was a game that had everything, South's hopes and dreams <laughs> bl- blasted out of the blocks, and uh, they really did. It was looking pretty fucking dire, I mean... <laughs> It wasn't looking good. I um, it was a long way back. I really thought, given Manly's two previous weeks um, of very physical encounters, I had a few people at work ask me how I thought uh, the game would play out, and I, I said, um, if Manly if Manly are leading after about twenty odd minutes, I think they'll probably grind it out. But if they're forced to come from behind, if if South blast out of the blocks and Manly have to come from behind, I don't know that they're going to have the energy given those physical encounters, and um, I was proved yet again, what a fucking surprise, I was proved to be 100% incorrect. Um, South did blast out of the blocks, looked like a million bucks. Glenn Stewart was handing the game to them on a silver platter mm-hmm. and um, and playing like a busted ass. And then all of a sudden, things changed, and, and South seemed to tighten up a little bit. Um, Manly started to get a bit more possession. A few things started to go their way, and they started to play some decent footy off the back of that. Uh, good field position, and, and they started to build a bit of an irresistible force that South couldn't really repel. And um, South continued to to go away from what they had been doing 
to the point where they got a 14-0 lead and Glenn Stewart stopped handing the game to Souths on a silver platter and um, and that was that. They really, um, they fucking, once they got their noses in front, they really ran away with it. Souths didn't have any answers there for a good 40 to 50 minutes of that game. Exactly. After they hit that lead, you'd think that, you know, if any team was going to capitulate from that point, it'd be manly. But they sort of just... They just kept doing exactly the same thing. They cut the errors out, but they just they just stuck to their game as if it was nil all, and just came over the top of them. And when they when they got over the top, and they just kept going. I mean, I think Wolfman took their soul with that try that he scored. Oh, I really did. One of he? the most amazing fucking wingers tries you're ever going to see in your life. Every year has has moments, certainly in the final series, um, and and some of them can be a little bit contrived by the media, but that try. That's something that will be talked about. The context of the game, like yeah. where the game was poised at the time. That's one oh. of those things. That's a that's a fucking um, that I can't forgive me, Canterbury fans. I can't remember the guy's name that caught the ball from the bomb back in the eighties. Um, was it Steve Gearan? Yes, I think it was. Guy with a beard. You caught about, the caught the bomb on the yeah. full, and um, you know it's it's Brett Kenny scoring scoring mm-hmm. doubles. It's you know, Scott Sattler's tackle. Yeah, it's it's yeah. things like that. Okay, it didn't happen in a grand final, but a, a, a final series moment that people will talk about. And um, just, again, and it's it's made all, it's magnified given the gra- the gravity of the situation that they found themselves in. And it really, um, That's it. I mean, like- to, to make that play to send them to essentially, that was the play that sent Manly to a grand final. Yeah, and that's one exactly. hell of a fucking play. Because you follow that up, and you had like you know you had Tommy Tommy get the charge down and the try yeah. at the end. You know when Souths were kicking it like out from their own twenty meter sort of zone. Mm. But I mean that try. I mean like technically, that try is as good as you you're going to see as far as like just skills to keep in and above the ground and off the tr- off the the touch line and get the grounding and all that sort of stuff inside the the two lines on either you know. So that all that stuff is technical technically great and as good as you're going to see. But then, you add to that, like, the position of the game, it was poised, you know, there for the winning or losing. To get that try, then, I mean, I'm just, I'm prepared to go on the record and say, greatest try of all time. When you take all of those factors into account. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to uh, disagree with that, but for South <laughs> to go to a 14-0 lead and then allow the opposition to score 30 unanswered points, um, it shows that they, um, they didn't rise to the occasion of, of a, a, a game that, you know, they had well in their keeping, and and that was going to send them to a, a pretty much a fairy tale grand final, and they would have been the the toast of the town this week mm-hmm. had they won. And I think they, you know, pardon the pun, but I think they started to count their chickens. And um, I don't think they choked either. I just think maybe they, with the lack of experience, yeah. when shit got dire and they could feel it slipping away and they couldn't do anything about it. Um, like Reynolds, he pretty much became non-existent. Sutton, he disappeared as well. I think Inglis really started to turn it on at the back end. He of the was game. the only one that was like, I mean, I remember early in the game he had some great defensive plays, yeah. And then he he was the one that was trying to pick him up yeah. single handedly and you know drag him you know back into the game, but you know just couldn't do it himself and he was well contained. That's right. And um, again, I think they'll take a lot out of the game, and will probably it's pretty scary to say given the way they played this season, but they'll probably be even more formidable next season. Um, Again, Reynolds with that other year, another year's experience. Um, he has, 
he's had a great year, but he has been found wanting and, and, and has been a little bit uh, transparent, shall I say, mm. in some of the bigger moments. Yep. Um, yep. Not to say he hasn't performed well in some big games over the course of the season, but... Um, Perhaps Laurie Daly was look, correct when the biggest, not selecting you for Origin. Well, Think on that. It might have been too early, um, yeah. and you can't really argue with that given some of the things that have occurred. Um, I think he's a great player, and I think he'll, he'll learn from it. Um, but just when the, when the big plays were there to be made and um, you come down to two, you know, two young halfbacks trying to lead their teams, and um, Cherry Evans seemed to have these hands on the ball throughout. Mm. And the know, second half especially, Reynolds, I mean, it seems stuff. funny. In the last two weeks, Cherry Evans has always done some... He's done some explicably stupid shit in the first sort of half an hour of, of each game, like pushing passes that weren't on or, you know, not throwing a pass and going himself. And then as the game goes on in the second half, then it's just like he's got it on a string and everything's a fucking winner. So, um, you know, hopefully we get 80 minutes of that <laughs> instead of feel like 40, 50. So, um... Congratulations, Manly fans, and, and hard luck, South fans. It's, they've had a very successful year, and and Bunnies fans should be pretty proud of their team, but um, couldn't quite get there in the end. And South Sydney this season have made themselves into the, the Manly of the competition, not in terms of success and quality and, and just determination. I don't know that South have done. I think the media. Yeah, maybe so, but I mean, they, you know, they go along with it. You know they can they can pour cold water on that sort of thing a bit, mm. you know. And but the media, you know, they certainly did choose that. You know, the Burgess brothers, and you know, and, and the mother and Russell Crowe, and the, you know, football's going blah blah, and when blah blah does blah blah, but they've fucking engendered a lot of bad blood in fans of rugby yeah. league. There was there was some vitriol <laughs> spreading through Twitter that uh, I will go so far as to say I've never seen social media indulging in the misery of another team so gleefully mm. as I have in, after this game. Which I'm not a big fan of, but whatever. Oh, you know, if the, it, all, it all depends. If, if, you, if you get personally, if you're getting personally attacked by, by you know, mouthy pricks in the lead up to a game, then by all means, fucking give it to them both barrels when, you know, when it turns around. But, you know, if people are all respectful and everything, you know, that's fine. I mean, like I've got South fans I know that don't talk shit at all. And, you know, and I feel for those guys. But then there's ones talk a ton of shit and fuck them. They are, they're fucking crying to this day. Their tears are delicious. Um, we didn't go through the points, sorry. By the way, um, Manly's tries came from Brett Stewart, Jamie Lyon, Matt Ballin, Wolfman, and Tommy Simons. And uh, Jamie Lyon, five from five, after having all those issues with his kicking through the season, mm. hasn't missed a goal in the finals. Yeah. And uh, the Rabbits, 20 points came from John Sutton, Nathan Merritt, Dylan Walker, uh, Adam Reynolds, two from two, Isaac Luke, one from one, and a penalty goal to Reynolds. And the interesting thing was at the end of the Rabbits, at the, at the end of the game, the Rabbits were so distraught, even when they scored that consolation try at the end, the ref's like, oh, I can't remember which one it was, he's just like, are you going to fucking, what, you're going to line up the goal? You don't want the goal? You're not going to line it up? And it's like, they were just sort of like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and then I heard from someone there that... um. After that George Burgess no try, like, you know, sort of five minutes before the end, they actually lined up the goal for that one while the video ref was gone. <laughs> Let's go to Twitter, underscore Fluffy Fish underscore. He starts off with a Hiku haiku. Hiku is out now. Stuart to return bravely. Fuck Crow and his refs. <laughs> um, Eddie NZ. Explain to me why South Sydney are the pride of the league. They got booted from the comp for fuck's sake. Word. Wow. Annie O'Brien with a Hiku haiku. Stewie coughs it up. Bunny rabbits grab the try. Where art thou, Hiku? 
So obviously that came within the first 13 minutes of the game. <laughs> um, Tor Hayden. George Rose is fired up. He thinks there's four burgers in the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. And I've got to give mad mad props to George Rose as well. I mean, he's the guy that came on and started going straight and running forward, you know, and, and picking up the intensity a little bit and getting us a bit of a roll on. So good on you, Georgie. Um, Unky D, aka Guantanamo Hogan. First 15 minutes, I was looking for a cliff to jump off. How awesome is this Manly team? Honestly, just amazing. Shunter86. What a feel-good story this is. After two whole years, Manly finally make another grand final. Hash, too fucking good word. Uh, Mr. Bowles, brilliant. Simply brilliant. LOL at Souths. NS Bear China. Sorry, Souths. Feeling entitled isn't enough to make the big one. Sucked in. Uh, we got a Rocket Mike. Formerly, so many haters. Oh, still going. He's a he's formerly Soulsy. He's, he's Rocket rock It Mike now. When Souths are getting knocked out, then league is going well. Stick that up, yeah. DJ X-Plane. It's times like this I really feel for all those South fans who bought brand new jerseys. Maybe next year, fuckers. <laughs> CA Photo 10. Breaking. With South eliminated, Channel 9 set to show the grand final on Gem at midnight. At <laughs> 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 uh, Shout at the Devil, Casey. Tonight just proves, in the end, it's all a question of heart. And South ain't got no heart. Go Manly. <laughs> Luke Shark 74. I hope Rusty had Noah parked the ark in Surrey Hills because you can cry me a fucking river south Sydney, but you can only take one bird joy. <laughs> <laughs> just just brilliant. Uh, at Hammers. They'd well played Manly, soaked up the occasion and got on with business. And uh <laughs> this is, and more bit Cruzy, he's a nice guy, right? He's not he's no, not he's a bitter he's he's not a bitter like you know hateful person, but he's he's tweet Cruzy zero six. Karma's a bitch, South. Cannonball tackles, squirrel grips. And how's that premiership going for you, GI? Karma, motherfucker. <laughs> Hash, suck, pass. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's about as bad as he could get, yeah? And, um, yeah, he went on to do a more reasonable one later. He said, well done, Manly. Deserved to be there. Very mentally tough and hardened team. Good luck. Um, JR underscore buff. How many bird eye does it take to lose a semifinal? And he's gone, Hash, glory, glory. <laughs> This is not. This is. Uh, we got a couple of tweets about this, but I'll just I'll just put one in about it. The underscore Q seventy eight said, uh, "What's Jeff Lima laughing and smiling about? Show your fans you give a shit about the result." Hash yeah. fuck with. And a lot of people were like, "Who's that number thirteen for the, for South?" So, I mean that shit. I mean I I actually I can sympathise with South fans that because that fucking shit drives me wild. When players are having jokes and shit like that after they got after flogged, the you know, or you know, lost heavily, sort of thing, or lost well, a really fucking important, important game like game, this. Yeah. I mean, you should, they should be on their haunches, sitting down, fucking bawling their eyes out like Israel Folau in two thousand and eight. That's the way to respond to a loss like that if you're South. So you're giving Israel respect now? No, I'm not giving respect. I'm saying you should be so disappointed you're crying like a little bitch like Israel was. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So you're definitely not giving Israel respect now. <laughs> No, not even Righto. close. Just so we're clear. The Ben Z. Fucking read. how many tweets are you going to read out for this I'm gonna, fucking I'm, game? I'm going to cut them out. But um, the Ben Z. He was a, a, a especially gronk- this cockhead. He, he's a gronky South the whole time. But I just wanted to, I wanted to give him credit. He said, congratulations, the consistent side won on the night. So um, I just uh, I'm just going to scan through some of these other ones. Tiger underscore Benji with a uh, hiku haiku replaced by Stuart. Back to reserve grade, Peter. You're just a fill-in. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Benny. Uh, and finally... Benny's evil... haikus are my favourites. Yeah. Evil Conspiracy. Yes, you owe me lunch. <laughs> I almost hate to say it, but Manly's made this final series. Every great game involved them. I agree. And that came from a uh, 
non-Manly fan too. Fantastic. Next, Saturday night, Sydney Roosters 40 defeated the Newcastle Knights 14, a crowd of just under 38,000. The Roosters 40 came from tries to Daniel Tupo, double to Michael Jennings, double to Aidan Guerra, Mitchell Orbison and Jake Friend got tries. Maloney 5 from 7 and a penalty goal. And the Knights 14 came from two tries to Joey Leilua, uh, one conversion from Tyrone Roberts and two penalty goals. Big turning point, Danny Badiris knocked out by... Letters as elbow. Yes. I think I don't. I certainly don't think there's any intent. I think it was just an unfortunate accident. Probably a week. Sorry. Probably a week. Just, you for, just for the carry. Just Pass for doing it. it. Pass history. Just for doing it. I mean, like you know, because intent. You know, that's why they've got fucking careless. Yeah. That's you know that language in the in, in some of the charges. Because I don't think I honestly I don't think he, I don't believe he meant it at all. No. But the fact is, he's cold cocked a fucking dude with his elbow while he, you know so. You know, I, I think the Knights dropped their heads after that. I think he's their inspirational leader, and he was probably the good, the guy that was going to grind it out for Newcastle mm-hmm. if they were ever going to win this game. Yeah, um, he was going to. They were going to do it behind him, and once he went out of the game, I, th- I think they probably dropped their heads a little bit, um, and they certainly tried valiantly. But uh, once the Roosters got on a roll, it just the points came and they came very fast. Yeah, and I don't think they try. I think they actually really dropped their heads and started to not give a fuck pretty quickly because some of the defence out wide that led to breaks that ultimately led to tries was fucking abysmal. Yeah. And not the defence that we saw last week against the Storm. No, not by a long shot. Um, we spoke about it before we hit record. Um, Sonny Bill got man of the match in this game. And um, Aiden Guerra... I mean, two hundred meters had spiders on him. Yeah, I hate that. I fucking hate that. Not as much as I do. Um, he he was fucking unstoppable. He had like I think he probably had less carries. Got got two hundred meters, two tries. Like he statistic statistically, he fucking destroyed Sonny Bill. Destroyed because Sonny Bill got a rest fairly early on too, didn't he? Um, I'm, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But look, the Roosters um, had a little. And a bit a little, little bit of luck with Baderas going out, but uh, and the, and the try as well. That first try, Sonny Bill threw the forward pass like a meter. The offload. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about that, but um, or certainly not from the media because Sonny Bill threw it. But um, they didn't even replay that part of the fucking movie. <laughs> they, uh, as I said, had a little bit of a luck go their way, but um, once once they got their tails up, they they put on the type of attack that that they've uh, shown a lot of this season and, and Jennings fuck give him an inch mm-hmm. he's he's fucking amazing um good win I think heading into the grand final and we'll get to it shortly I, I, I don't know that this sort of win holds them in good stead to uh to repeat their performance against Manly of a couple of weeks ago but uh nice nice fine tuning of their attack if nothing else mm-hmm. okay uh Twitter Big Dan 1985 like the band on the Titanic, we keep playing until the ship sinks. We'll be back better in 2014. And I will give the Knights credit. They tried. Yeah. They tried, in, certainly in attack, to get back into it. But um, the damage was done, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And in defence, even when they started going better, when Joey started getting his tries, 
they still didn't defend like they wanted to stop, you know, no. like they were still hopeless there. I mean, because they had a chance. I mean, when they started scoring tries, it was probably out of reach, but they could have brought it back to something like the South Manly scoreline. Sure. You know, which has a little bit more respect attached to it, you know, if you're just looking at the score. But they, you know, they just didn't even feel like defending. Drew underscore Nathan five said, I'm pretty sure Bennett's halftime speech went like this. Guys, fuck it, Danny's dead. <laughs> Earth Boys, <laughs> Earth Boys 75. As a proud Rooster supporter, I just want to give a shout out to Braith and Nasta. Thanks for not wasting your spot now 17 this year. Oh, wow, that's fucking hateful. That's that's hateful. And it's, like, and it's kind of like, you know, indirectly hurtful to you as well. It really is. Because he did, did waste a spot in your 17. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cattle Dog Blue. Very proud of Knights and crowd. Never got a break all night. Bedsy, best ever hooker prior to Smith. Poor way to go out, champion. I will agree it's poor way for him to go out. Definitely. At Unky D. How many points is a forward pass worth in Supercoach? SBW scored 200 points. Rugby League, Boxing, Union, and Gridiron. What an athlete. <laughs> Hash gifted. And uh, at East Fan. The two most worthy teams have made it like some of us hoped it would. Rugby League's two saviours. As Nate said, a gentleman's grand final. Oh, fucking hell. And, uh, and finally, Tall Hayden. Said uh, SBW with more passing meters than Tebow's had all season. <laughs> Which is true. Can't argue with it. Previews. Well, the one and the only. I mean I do have the um the, the games and everything for the the uh undercard and you know the lower grades, but honestly who fucking cares? Keeping up with fucking eight first grade games a week, you know, most weeks, but you know, par- barring bye weeks, it's fucking hard enough without watching all the lower grade stuff. So anyway, previews for the big one. The mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Sydney Roosters at uh, ANZ Stadium. Sunday, kickoff, 7.18pm, apparently. If this game, 7 what? 7.18pm. <laughs> That's down to the minute as far as Channel 9's requirements, I'd imagine. Right, okay. Because it says 7.15 on the NRL yeah, side. No, I, I, yeah, I think um, 7.15 is what they, what they aspire to. Yeah, but yeah. Channel 9 owns a game. They exactly. bought the game. Yep. You just said so. I'd prefer 3pm, to be honest. But, yeah, me, you know, me too. If this game turns out the same way as their previous encounter a couple of weeks ago, it could possibly go down as one of the greatest grand finals of all time. Yep. If you watched that game and it was a grand final... People would never stop talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> Yet, Twitter has been absolutely lit up this week by people like, I couldn't give a fuck about the grand final. How fucking boring well, is this? Well, to be fair, you did exactly that last year. Yeah, but last year exactly it wasn't... Exactly that. When did Melbourne Storm and fucking and the Bulldogs, when were they the best two teams in the comp statistically? They weren't. When did they play an epic Hang fucking... On, weren't they... First and second last year? Yeah, Manly and, and East are the fucking first two teams in the stats this year too, but they're not first and second, are they? They're first and fourth. That doesn't mean anything. Ladder position. I mean, you can say the top... You can argue, oh, yeah, the top two teams, you know, as far as, you know, finishing the ladder. But that doesn't mean anything about, you know, for and against statistics, you know, defence, attack, try scored, blah, 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 yeah. where everything else matches up kind of evenly. I only ever and, take notice of the Tigers for yeah, and against. And when, did they, and when did the Storm in Melbourne have a ga- an epic fucking Titanic struggle during the season that year? Didn't? All I'm saying is, Nathan, is that they played in Mackay and the Bulldogs are flogged have them. their perceptions yeah. of certain teams, much as you do, 
And if those particular teams happen to meet in a grand final, they're probably not going to be that interested in watching it, is all I'm saying. The fact that you want to jump to your team's defence because it's your team in the grand final no, no. is commendable. I want to jump but to the defence of the game. I want to jump to the defence of the game, the sport of rugby league itself. I mean, without these two teams in this grand final... Call it quits after fucking two minutes, and here we are <laughs> after a minute and six minutes, uh, an hour and six minutes, and I'm, st- I'm still here. What all rugby fuck? league fans owe these two sides a tremendous the debt of gratitude. <laughs> both of these teams owed a tremendous debt of gratitude by all fans of rugby league in this day and age for saving the fucking game, the very game that they love. Wanted that's to point give up after round one. That's point Tigers number one. Fan, still there at round twenty six, much like I am tonight, Nathan. Wanted to give up, but here I am, still listening to you. Carry on. Point number two. You just said yourself the last time they met was an absolutely titanic fucking epic game that no lover of rugby league could go away from unhappy about what the quality of what they'd fucking seen. Paraphrasing, but yeah. Exactly. You just said that if this game, if that game happened again, people would never stop talking about it. That's That's what you said. Yeah. So... uh... I think last week's games are going to have a bearing on this result. I think Manly are probably... Hardened, they're, they're certainly battle hardened, maybe a little bit battle weary, but um, their last their last run certainly would be uh, more attuned to holding in good stead for a grand final than what the Roosters did with the Knights, and um, I think that given the Roosters had a very slight edge the last time these two teams played, I think that that might swing the balance of power in Manly's favour, and they may run out very very close winners in this game. Yeah, now, albeit as underdogs. Yeah, now and you look at you look at selections, and these two teams, as presented on the paper, are bullshit. Don't <laughs> believe them for one fucking second. You look at the bench for um for the Roosters: Daniel Mortimer, Mitch Orbison, Isaac Lou, Dylan Napper. Tell you right fucking now, Dylan Napper is not playing in this game. His position and Isaac Lou probably not either. Positions will be taken by Luke O'Donnell. And fucking old mate, Cordner. <laughs> Boyd Cordner. That's right. Cordner, Cordner apparently has an injury that will require a test on Saturday, and he needs to pass a fitness test to play. I can fucking take it to the bank. He'll be playing. Take it to the bank that O'Donnell will be playing. For starters, then you've got the oh Mitchell Pearce. He fucking didn't train. He's got a virus. Oh Sonny Bill. He didn't train. He's got a calf injury. Ridiculousness. They'll play. Yeah. Now, I've tried to get some inside word on what's going to happen with the Manly team, but I've been um, informed that the football department is like fucking Fort Knox this week, and literally nobody outside of the coaches and the players will ever be privy to any fucking information about what's going to happen with the team for this weekend. So, the news articles have been running stories saying that uh, Joe Nullivar has been training with the side. And uh, he's actually recovered from the Achilles injury. It could be a shock inclusion. Uh, There's to, no way that's going to happen. To replace the injured uh, Richie Fayoso. You know what? He'd be a fucking amazing inclusion. Spiritually, like as far as a, a lift to the side. And the fact that he just fucking does his job and is one of these reliable guys that just does his job, you know, much like Richie Fayoso does, except without the head high tackles and stuff. I think one it'd be inspirational. I think he would be absolute inspirational inclusion and certainly a better option than Gower or Hassan. Two guys that are, you know, younger. Hassan, very young in his in his uh, situation. Gower, you used to have penises for fingers, um, 
you know, back in the early rounds, you, you came pretty good you know, towards the middle to late part of the season. But still, grand finals, fucking grand finals, big thing. I guess the other There's thing to look nothing at... nothing bigger in the game of rugby league, Nathan. Anthony Minicello. Yes. He's playing to avoid being the, uh, I think, the most defeated person in grand finals <laughs> and defeated by the most club. I think he's 6-1 against six different clubs or some shit. Look... <laughs> He's, he's a great player. He's achieved everything in the game. He's admitted himself he doesn't have a great record of winning grand finals. Mm-hmm. Pretty good at getting there. Um, it's going to be a cracker of a game. My um, name Pierce. I'd like to see... Uh, struggled under the fucking... You know, in the, in the big the big games in origin. <laughs> but, you know, and then, then you, look on, you look on the manly side. I mean, there's... The issue there is... It's not, it's not an issue. The bonus there is there's very little fucking inexperience there at finals level. Tafua, Brenton Lawrence, Justin Horro, the but end. Really? Six well, did, players Justin played. Justin Horro, did he play? Did he, he play in 2000? Did, did he or didn't he? I can't remember. I think yeah. he might have started in 2010. Yeah. Um, a winger and a prop. Yeah, not going to be the crucial no. cogs in the machine, yeah. Don't think so. And then, uh, and then, I think you can overcome a bit of inexperience. Get, let's, let's not forget they've played three finals matches. <laughs> yeah, and and then you've got you've got six players in the team that have played together in what this will be their fourth grand final playing together. Yeah, you guys like Matty Ballon, Watmo, the Stewarts, Killer, and Brent Kite. So that's some fucking ridiculous experience as well. Mm-hmm. I just think when it comes down, to, I think Manly are going to be very calm no matter what they find them the situation they find themselves in, and and have a lot of belief that they can win the game wherever it is. Um, the previous meetings. I think there was some statistic that, like, when a team's won, when the teams have met three times in a season, and one team should be fourth, wouldn't it? Four times they meet. This will be the fourth, yeah. But when teams have met three times in a season, and one team's gone up three nil, overwhelmingly, the team that's gone <laughs> hasn't won one has won the grand final when that's happened. Happened to Manly back in uh, against the Dogs in in '95. Uh, I think it happened against Newcastle too in '97. Same situation. Um, Things like that. I mean, grand final. They do funny things. I mean, they're, they're the most you know most high pressure. I mean, like Origin is a very high intensity game, but yeah, it's but three it's games play, a year. The, the thing is, Origin is is of a very intense nature, but it's also played by thirty four of the best players out there. Yeah. You know, in any team, no one's going to tell you two dads is in the thirty four best players. <laughs> exactly, and and you know, all due respect to guys like Horro, great player. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, Brenton Lawrence, you know, Frank Paul, the tennis ball, guys like that. They've got yep. a sprinkling of guys that aren't probably of that ilk, yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and those are the sort of guys that can be found wanting at times. It doesn't have to be much, it has to mm-hmm. only, only has to be a missed tackle, yep, and that's it. You know, yep. a missed tackle here, or a drop ball there, or the play the ball, or, or a dumb penalty. You know, a brain explosion, and that can turn the game. And mm-hmm. um, you know, so Origin, yes, it is of an extremely high intensity, but generally the caliber of player, with the exception of Jamie Soud over the years, is um, is 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 of a much higher level across the board than what you'd find in a club grand final. Yeah. Yep. Um, having said that, there's some fucking fantastic players in both those teams. So, yeah. um, experience on Manly side. Um, a vast amount of experience on the Roosters side as well, let's not forget, but um, certainly talent-wise through the, the Roosters team. Um, 
you know, some very exciting players there. Sonny Bill, Michael Jennings, um, Pierce Maloney, Tuvasa Shek. Well, I think Tuvasa Shek and maybe and Tupo, that could be where it could be won and lost with the Roosters. Very um, inexperienced guys. Yep. They're going to be peppered. They're going yeah. to be peppered with kicks and have to be um, turned around. You know, big guys yep. turned around all day with Cherry Cherry Evans and Foran's kicking game. Yep. Um, and then peppered with kicks, attacking kicks. Um, you know, having to to stop the likes of Stewart, um, David Williams, those sort of guys. Matt I, Jamie Lyon as well, a great leaper, mm-hmm. um, coming down with the ball. So, yeah, I think. If I had to spot a chink in the Roosters' armour, I'd have to say Tupou and Tuivasa-Shek. As good as they've been all season, both boys, um, I think they might be the guys that are targeted by Manly and um, they're going to have to be well and truly on their game and come up with no mistakes if the Roosters are to win. But... Um, and Sean Kenny Dow for me. Else, Sean oh, Kenny Dow oh, hasn't he got a monumental he, cock up? Here. He's a fucking arm tackler, you know, and he's, and he's lining up against Steve Matai. Yeah. And Tafua. I mean, come on. Mate, if nothing else, I'd like to see Manly win for you. But having said that, I think they are probably going to be the better side on the day and um, and they'll come out winners. And just the one and more point I'd like to if make. If Manly win, we'll probably never record after this season ever again. <laughs> so I'll commit to it in this season, but um, there's going to be some fairly intense negotiations as to uh, whether this show continues next year if Manly win the grand final. And the other point to note as well, I mean, Roosters do have the the 3-0 lead so far, but they, they, they built that lead without playing against Brett Stewart and in one game without playing against uh, Kieran Foran as well. Key fucking omissions yeah. in these big games. And uh, we got a special Hiku Haiku from Sweet Nigel B for the grand final. An extended bench. Another excuse to do a Hiku Haiku with a pet Hiku in there at 19, in the 19 jersey. <laughs> All fucking mind games. I think Gower will probably get the spot. But if Nude got the spot... Oh, I would be fucking over the moon. That would be a fucking joyful thing. Geez, you'd hate to be, you know, these guys that have toiled away while he's fucking recovered from an Achilles injury and then all of a sudden on the biggest day of your season you get arsehole for some bloke that's going to retire to have a fairy tale. Mate, it's not his fairy tale. I mean, it's the team's fairy tale. I, mean, come I just on. think it's selfish, you know? Well, you know how it is. Um, now the um, the Holden Cup, Panthers versus Warriors. Should okay. be a cracker. Warriors, geez, I can make a twenties grand final. Fuck, fuck yeah, then we can just buy. What's that? Four in a row. Oh, I don't know. I can remember they were in it last year, and yeah. year before they, they won it. Year before, the yeah, they, they won they, it. They won it easy. They, it was against South, wasn't it? Year before, was it South? Cambry. No, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. So Panthers versus Warriors. I mean, well, that game's gonna, you know. Fuck, it's going to be like 54 to 48. Yeah. <laughs> There's been some fucking ridiculous scores in the in the yeah, finals really for the Holden Cup this year. Um, did like you see one the one... Team's already gone to Bali. Did you see the one with... Um, I think it was Warriors versus Canterbury. Like, it would have been the game... Like, winning last weekend's game to get into the grand final for New Zealand. <laughs> no. They were down like 16-0. Came back to lead like... Oh, no, one of the teams, I assume it was probably the Warriors, were leading 16-0. Doggies came back to be leading at 30-something to 16. Ended up losing 58 to 30 or something. It was just fucking ridiculous the way it seesawed. Um, And finally, in the uh, New South Wales Cup, the Sharkies taking on the Windsor Wolves. And uh, it's important to know that these Sharkies aren't the kind of Sharkies who don't win jack shit because, in fact, they do feed the storm as well. 
<laughs> and you look across the south, the south, the, sorry, the uh, the Cronulla side. There's some names in there, that, you know, Gardner, Stapleton, Stuart Mills, not a great name, Chad Townsend, <laughs> Mark Defua, Junior Moores, Tyrone Peachy, seeing there's some guys, and David Fafita. So why don't the sharks feed the sharks? Well, they feed both. This this side feeds both sides. Um, and what? then it's Sharks and Storm. The sh- the Cronulla Sharks, New South Wales Cup side. Who the fuck came up with that? Same guy came up with two books of contracts. I don't know. Um, but you look at the Penrith side and first grade, you know, first grade experience, you know, should do fucking well for this side as well. Matt Moylan, Travis Robinson, Wes Nagama, Jeff Daniela, uh, Blake Austin, Luke Capewell. Luke Capewell transferred mid-season playing a grand final. Anthony Cherrington, Nathan Smith. It's pretty much the Panther side that was injured. Fucking earth. So yeah, good luck to everyone on the day. Um, it's been there's been hardly any sledging between East and Manly because as I said, it was it's a real gentleman's thing. I think both teams are feeling a great degree of satisfaction that that the South aren't there <laughs> and supporters of teams. Power of cunts. <laughs> and so it's going to be a fucking magnificent grand final. I can't wait. Good luck. That is full time for episode 140. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. So make sure you hit the like button, share the post around, all that good shit. Uh, iTunes, we have a review this week from Cole underscore 316. The bottom line, five stars. With three games to go before the NRL Grand Final has ended and season 2013 is over, be sure to get into Twill for a refreshing working-class man review of all things league. He says with three games to go, but it actually says, iTunes says it was the 27th of September. So, there wasn't three games to go, unless he did it before the finals started last weekend. Cut it fine, Cole. Anyway, Nathan and Glenn are funny as hell and no holds are barred during any episode. I've been a listener since the early days and still enjoy the show every week. Thanks, guys, for a great show. And yes, Billy Slater is the biggest grub around. Find it hard to disagree with that. Tipping. Well, the fans got the grand final they deserved in the actual football itself, and the tipping, we got the grand final we deserve. It is officially a two-horse race. Voodoo Rock is number one on differential. And by virtue of getting both games right last week, where Troy Schroeder, oh, ye of little faith, probably tipped Souths. And for that, you have not sealed the fucking win for yourself. 143 points each. And uh, the differential with where you pick the slider for the margin, Voodoo Rock is leading on that by 32 points. So, I don't think if they they tie, I don't think you can lose from this point. But... Pick your winner carefully, guys, because uh, that's the tiebreaker. Back two spots, Desi's Ducks. Uh, then we've got Boxcar Jason back another a slot. Then back another one, Ben Diggity. Another one back, Big Dan and Aussie 11198. Uh, back another one, Dougie and the Real Jedi, who was our leader for a long, long time. And as it turns out, he's going to be uh, six points off the pace. And uh, Williams 277 and Animal NZ, they ran out the top 11. So... Good job, everybody, um, on the tipping so far. And uh, Voodoo Rock, well done, getting yourself into the tie. And it's fucking on. Quality effort. Now, the best person win. Yep. And, uh, shop, we still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com, go to the shop, knock yourself out. I've been asked about Tigers in Decline shirt. Yes, there's still Tigers in Decline shirts in stock. And uh, we've got the inventory hooked up through the site. So if you see your size on the drop down, 
we have that size in stock and it'll get you know if you if if we don't have it it won't appear as an option so you know count on it um and yeah revelation shirt half price 20 bucks i spend 50 dollars over you get a free stubby cooler as well now this weekend with the grand final i will be down unfortunately glenn has elected not to make the trip this year um 2011 was just too much for him celebrating a manly grand final win he decided he'd rather not put himself through that again uh in addition to actually numerous has, other things going it on actually in actually has nothing to do with that, but yeah, <laughs> nice, cool story, bro. <laughs> um, but I'll be going down. Uh, I'll be arriving uh, Sunday morning. Um, if you're a Manly fan or, um, or, or or a fan of another club who's just, you know, got a death wish, I'll be at the Seagulls. I'll be at the Manly Leagues Club from about midday. Um I'll be mo- making my way over to the ground. Uh, I think I'm leaving the Leagues Club around five, and uh, so I'll be there, you know, before six. So there will be a meetup now. I don't know the lay of the land as far as you know ANZ Stadium, where the bars are positioned and things like that. But I will be in Bay One Forty Four, and I will, and I believe that is Gate P as far as entry is concerned. So whatever the closest bar to that is, that's where I'm going to be from probably six till seven. And so everyone come down and meet. There's going to be everyone is going to know everyone from Twitter anyway, like their Twitter handles, people whose names you've heard, you know, obviously with tweets they put into the show and stuff like that. So come around, and if you can't make it then, or you're not going to the game, like you know maybe you're a South fan, you sold your tickets on eBay on Friday night, um, Opera Bar. I will endeavour to be at the Opera Bar at Circular Key at 10 a.m. on Monday morning, and I'll You'll be endeavour. Yeah, I'll endeavour because it's going to be a fucking huge night. <laughs> On Sunday night into Monday morning, but I'm gonna I'm gonna scrape myself back off the off the ground or you know whatever fucking gutter I, I end up in, and um yeah be at the at the opera bar at 10 a.m. Uh, until I have to leave to go to the airport to fly out. So probably about one I'll be there. So I'll uh, be down there for a couple of hours, and all are welcome to come down and uh, you know share a drink or two, have a yarn, make yourself known, put a face to a name, all that sort of good shit. So come on down, enjoy yourselves, have fun. Sorry I can't be there. It's really not because I couldn't stand any more manly winning. Um, would have loved to have been there, but unfortunately, I cannot. But enjoy yourselves anyway. It wouldn't be anywhere near as much fun as it would be if I was there, but go nuts. <laughs> and go manly. 2013 Team of Destiny People's Champions. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 